as we were saying, a year and a half in the quarantine, almost a year and a half, and we just now discovered the snap filters for webcams. <laughs> Lori discovered it, <laughs> and it's the most fun we've had all year. <laughs> Not only are parents ahead of us, grandparents are. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> She's a banana right now. It's super funny. I'm a banana. <laughs> I love it. This is great. It's so funny. I don't know. I'm going to stop giggling. Oh, there it goes. It changed. <laughs> Jesus. This is super like a sad. Head. Hey, guys. Uh, thank you for listening to Bloody Podcast. <laughs> She keeps changing it. Every time you hear me um, scream or laugh, it's because she's changing it. Um, I am your host, Maria Felix, and we have some shape or other of Lori Roggenkamp <laughs> and our guest, our resident guest, Cash Abdumalik. What's up? <laughs> it's a good Hello. look. It's a good look. Thank you. I think it it highlights my best feature, which is my unbrushed teeth. So that works out well. They look pretty pearly white from here. Yeah. Thank you. I put Visine on them every morning. Visine, that's nice. Clears them up. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to learn what story we have. I watched the Snapped episode that you sent. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, at this point, everything is a snapped episode or like Nightmare Next Door or whatever. Whatever I find, there's already an episode on it. So I am I am going to throw something out and say that and we'll get to it. But I am going to say that I had a real issue with the snapped episode, which is an issue I have with all snapped episodes. But we'll get to it uh, when we when we talk about the, the crime. But it was it was interesting. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, there was yeah. an issue. Okay, <laughs> well, we'll we'll get into it then. Um, today we're talking about Theresa Terry Voss. Everyone calls her Terry, um, and she was convicted of the murder of her of her her ex boyfriend Troy Tamar and sentenced to life in prison. Oh, yeah, pretty standard run of the mill. Yeah, that's my reaction. That's my standard reaction. Ah, huh. uh, oh yeah. Hey, a Smurf. Lori's <laughs> a Smurf now, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just gonna become a detriment to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I am a hundred percent amused. It's podcast Smurf. <laughs> <laughs> Joy Tamar was born in what is that? <laughs> That's a date. <laughs> it's a date. She's a bowl of dates now. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> I gotta be honest, like I legit am laughing at this. To the point where I'm just like, am I, is this, should this be our new show? Is just, we, we just do different <laughs> filters. Have I turned into my grandfather? I think I have. I think you have. Okay. Troy Tamar was born in 1969. He was the second oldest of four children and the entire family lived in Deer Park, Ohio, his entire life. Troy was popular. He was on uh he was the football captain his senior year of high school and he was homecoming king. He remained in Deer Park after high school and attended Ohio Wesleyan University on an ha- on an athletic scholarship. But he left in his junior year and started working as a construction contractor. 
and was eventually hired at Capital Construction, where he rose to be a project manager, which is the the guy that like acquires and takes care of accounts, Mm -hmm. clients. Oh, good for him. Yeah. In 1996, Troy met Terry Horlean, who was working as a bookkeeper at Capital Construction. The two went on a date and hit it off. And even though Troy liked to play the field, it was quickly apparent that Terry was possibly the one who was going to make him settle down. On that, uh, I feel bad, a little bad for her in the beginning when I watched this because I felt like, oh, she got made fun of in high school because <clears throat> her name is Horlene. So yeah, but she didn't seem to get made fun of, right? Because that on Snapped, her friend. It's like, oh, she was quiet. She was a quiet girl, but like, guys liked her. Yeah, I mean, she probably was uh, maybe a looker, so the name didn't matter. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure when Troy, yeah. I'm sure when Troy and her went on the date, he sat down. He was just like, "Hey, you know why we're gonna hit it off?" And she's like, "Why?" He's like, "Cause we're TNT." Oh man, it's dynamite. Yeah. Is that what you said to Maria on your guys' first date? Yeah, it made no sense, but <laughs> this was ultimately worth it for the callback. <laughs> <laughs> Get it? Her friend also said, and this is her friend, so we don't know, but her friend also said that Terry didn't have many aspirations in high school besides wanting to start a family. Like, it wasn't like she wanted to go off and be a doctor or a poet or something. She was just, she wanted to get married and have some kids. That was what she talked about. Now, Terry, by the time that she met Troy, was 32 and had been divorced twice and had two children. So I guess she also succeeded. Twice. Good job. <laughs> yeah, they don't really talk too much about, they, they really pr- emphasize in the beginning that she wanted to be a mom. And then as the episode goes on, they're just like, yeah, and she had two kids and then whatever. They never talk about her kids ever again. Nobody does. I mean, I don't know if the if the kids, you know, wiped stuff off the internet or what, but nobody yeah. talks about her kids ever after that. It's like, well, she had the two kids and then she probably just didn't know what to do with them. So. Yeah, she was like, well, I committed all, I, I fucking did all my goals. I accomplished it. I crushed it. What's left? What's left? <laughs> she, she birthed the second child and she was like, I crushed it. I'm done. What's next? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I got it. <laughs> By 1998, Terry and Troy were living together and had decided to start their own construction business, which they called Team R Construction. Hell yeah. No, it's a totally missed opportunity. Team T. Aww. TNT. TNT construction. That that could probably be uh, a little detrimental because then they would be like, do you guys explode? Well, uh, the old yeah. the old structure before we build a new one. <laughs> TNT, get with it, man. <laughs> so the plan was for Terry to take care of the accounts while Troy would procure them. But the company struggled at first, and Terry took a bookkeeping job with a contract plumber in the area. In December... That plumber discovered that Terry was embezzling money from him. Nice. She admitted to it and was convicted in court and was sentenced to a restitution program to pay him back. Damn, that sucks. Terry said that she took the money to help their business, 
but Troy says that he wasn't aware of Terry's crimes beforehand. And on top of that, the relationship had already been straining. So after three years together, Troy asked Terry to move out for a while. And she did. Hmm. They were considered to be separated, but continued talking in the hopes of mending their relationship. At least in Terry's hopes. From what his friends and family would later say, Troy became very wary of Terry. Wary of Terry. <laughs> he didn't want to get back together with her, and he started only meeting with her in public places. He even, according to his mom, got a restraining order against her. He pulled an offspring. You gotta keep them separated. Oh, wow. No, 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 no. You know, Laurie, I think you can hear that on my microphone. This new mic, yeah, this new mic takes away so much. <laughs> you know, for the joke, that kind of works because it was such a dud. It was. Well, yeah. the thing is, it's on her recording. It just won't be on ours. Oh. So it takes away yeah. all the effect. So uh, then to top it all off, Troy was also secretly dating another woman named Gabby. Oh, you can't do that shit. Gabby was married. Gabby was the one that was having an affair because Troy and Terry were separated. She, he might have not wanted to tell her because it was recent, but they, he was technically a single man. So he was fine and she was being a vile slut. <laughs> Gabby? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I will say that... When you get to the husband, he was just like, yeah, I, know. I met him. Oh, that is like, so cold. All right, I guess. Like, there, it was a weird, it was weird. They gloss the over way. what happened. Yeah. He's a nice guy. They gloss over a lot. Yeah. The, yeah, the snapped, come, the snapped episode, I don't think, Del, like, wanted to delve into what happened with Gabby and uh, her husband post-murder, but he, I'm pretty sure their marriage was done. Oh, yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Months after moving out, on the night of July 3rd, 1999, it looks like there's tears in your alien's eyes, Lori. It's just, I'm just <laughs> so emotional. It really does look like that. Happen. You already know, you saw the Snapped episode. I know. <laughs> 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 Terry. <laughs> So, on July 3rd, 1999, Terry asked Troy to meet with her that night. Phone records for the night would later show that Terry called Troy repeatedly before he went to meet her. So, on that night, apparently Troy was staying with his brother now. Troy stayed in while Jimmy went out, but before Jimmy went out, Troy asked him if he could borrow his car for the night. And Jimmy did, which to me, I'm like, did you ask, did he ask you like right before you were leaving? Because then like you had to and this was 99, like you couldn't call an Uber. You had to be like, you had to call like, you know, Francis to come give you a ride. Who's Francis? <laughs> Jimmy's friend. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Were there taxis there? Maybe he could have called a taxi or something. Yeah, it's Ohio. I mean, they're fine. Young listeners are going to be like, was that like a driving service before Uber? 
friend? <laughs> Wait, I Can I think... call Francis? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, according to Terry, Troy then picked her up that night around 10 or 10.30. They drove around, first to Lincoln Airport, and then drove to a park called French Park. Ah, the sights. Ah, so nice. <laughs> Such a relaxing drive. Yeah. <laughs> we, we sound like assholes who live in a big city. Because we are. Yeah. <laughs> Terry. <laughs> Terry <laughs> then claims Troy dropped her off at 1230 at her parents' house that night. And that was the last time she saw him. Her parents confirmed that Terry did get home around 1230, went upstairs, and then came back downstairs and started doing her nails. Eric, Terry's brother, came home shortly afterwards. Their dad says that then he went to bed while the other two stayed up. The next day, on July 4th, authorities were called to an abandoned house on Mason Morrow Millgrove Road in South Lebanon, Ohio. They, arri they arrived around 4.30 in the morning to find a Mustang on fire. When firefighters opened the trunk, they discovered a burned body inside. Ooh. An initial autopsy identified Troy Tamar as the victim in the trunk. Detective Ken McLeod was assigned to the case. One of the things that I thought was so creepy was that they said that the body weight was like 90 pounds. Yeah, that he... Yeah. yeah, right. He was like, what'd they say? He was a, a, he was a strong, all-muscle guy who was like close to 200 yeah. pounds, right? Damn. So yeah. like the fire burnt all the muscle and fat? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. Very sad I and eerie. I didn't know that that was, yeah, that was an eerie, Terry, that that, that happened. I tried to make it work. <laughs> it, yeah. it, uh, it worked in your head. It didn't work out loud. So police opened an investigation. And the autopsy reported that Troy hadn't died from the fire, but from two gunshot wounds to the back from a forty caliber Glock. Oh. Troy's brother, Jimmy, uh, was first on the police's list of suspects, since it was his car at the scene. But Jimmy was quickly cleared. Their mother named Terry as the most likely suspect based on her past behavior with Troy as did other friends and family. Many of them told police about Gabby as well. The, they didn't say that Gabby was to blame, but they were like, yeah, he was like dating this girl named Gabby who was married. Mm. So. <laughs> I love how all of their friends knew. Everyone knows. You would think it would keep it a secret, but like all their friends were like, yeah, they, you know, she was married and they, they were dating. So you should probably... Well, Gabby lived the town over, so it's a whole nother world. Oh, so this is back in the day when that was actually like you could you could have a whole separate family in another town and they wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you're always like, Well, what's gonna happen? I can have my cake and eat it too. It's not like anybody's gonna make some sort of a social uh, network or something like that where people will be able to find me. <laughs> I got it made. Plus the two I'm towns, Gabby. the two towns probably hate each other, exactly. so they're not going to share secrets. Yeah, yeah that's it's, true. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's Ohio. They're all they're the two towns are probably all competing for the same meth dealership. So. <laughs> we have the better bowling alley. No, we have the better bowling alley. How dare you? I disagree. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> when police went to question Gabby and her husband, they first questioned Gabby, who said she was on a camping trip with her husband. Detectives then questioned her husband, who verified the camping story. His boss also verified that they were on the camping trip. What is a boss? Yeah, I don't know why the boss matters. Was he there, Lori? Uh, I don't know, but it was funny the way that they said it, because it definitely seemed like this camping trip was supposed to be like a marriage thing, like, and it just didn't work. So they were like, oh, yeah, the camping trip. Like, <laughs> maybe Gabby maybe Gabby was also fucking the boss and he was like hey I'm, I'm gonna come over this weekend and she's like no 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 we got a camping trip no. and he's like oh rats <laughs> it's, the, it's the one thing my husband and I like to do together yeah right. so God. at Did the time you're camping with somebody and you're just like you're just out there fucking all these guys <laughs> what <laughs> making, a, making a fire L- lamenting how your wife is cheating. That's so yeah. sad. That's so sad. Well, it, like, like as you watch her, like pick up sticks from the ground, yeah, and bring them over to fucking help you. You just hear nothing yeah. but the nothing but the fire crackling, just and fucking just resent. And you think about pushing her, and mm-hmm. how quickly her hair and her flammable, stupid vegan leather jacket would catch on fire. Yep. And you look at her phone, and the boss, your boss, texts her and says, "Hey, hope you have a good camping trip. When you come back, I'll help you pitch a tent." Yeah, and it's just a picture of his dick seven times. Yep, uh, seven with, different snap, with different snap filters. Yeah, it's an alien and then a banana. God damn it! Nineteen ninety nine. And then you just make passive aggressive comments like when she goes, "We should put our garbage up a tree so the bear doesn't get it." And you're like, "Why are you gonna date it?" Are you going to date the bear? So, the two were cleared as suspects, and I'm sure as we think that their marriage was ruined. They had a long and loving marriage. Yeah. They're yeah, still we don't, together to this day. We don't know. We hope they did. God bless. <laughs> Maybe they worked oh, through their problems. I doubt they did. <laughs> <laughs> Gabby was a small town slut. The other thing, too, is that Troy's mom later, like in another interview, she says that um, she, everyone knows everything in the small town. So I really think that Gabby's reputation went to shit mm-hmm. after this all happened. But let us know, Gabby, if you're out there. Yeah. Yeah. How you well, doing? Did you move? I bet you had to move. Who cares? She's in the town over. She doesn't <laughs> care if her, <laughs> if her name's ruined in that town. She's in the other town. So who gives a shit? <laughs> Give us a call. Tell us if people called Jehovah. What's great is you can look online and you'll find the articles about, like, the the small town articles that say that, you know, like, Troy Tamar's story is going to be told on Snapped this Sunday. Well, so, yeah. So, Everybody knows what's <laughs> up. Everyone knows who the fuck Abby is now. Damn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I told you guys that I, I went to a fat camp and my, the psychologist, the therapist at the fat camp her mom killed somebody and it was on a snapped episode what? no why no I, I why haven't why haven't we covered that. why haven't we covered why haven't you done it I, 
thought I ta- we'll cover it next time. I'll do it next week. I'll you have better. to remember which one it is because I forgot. But there's a lot. Um, I think it was like they she her mom and husband owned her mom and dad owned a farm, and then like the we're getting a divorce and the mom killed the husband so she didn't have to give up like her part of her land. I think that was it. But we watched the snapped episode and they were like, oh, and then their son and daughter and they named the daughter and we were like, oh my god, that's the therapist. That's the therapist. Like, wow. And so (laughs) next day I had to go and be like, I saw a snapped episode about your mom. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't have to go do that. Well, I couldn't. I couldn't in good conscience listen to what she had to say without saying that. (laughs) Jesus Christ. What'd she say? She was really upset by it. I was a total (laughs) bitch during that entire time. Like I was not a nice person uh for the most part and uh i felt like she got the brunt because she was just she was just one of those people who was just so like you know she was really into horse therapy so she kept trying to get us to go out to her ranch to go pet horses that's weird it's like okay so you know and it just i was at that time where i was just like uh i don't like you so i would just be super bitchy to her for no reason and so yeah it was i was very much getting feeling my mean girl oats at that time so i was like yeah i saw your snap your mom snapped episode i mean honestly i still don't see the problem with you being bitchy you were put in the fat camp one Mm -hmm. two they had a psychologist who they clearly didn't do a background check on and three there were horses involved period yeah we went and pet some horses Mm -mm. Mm -mm. i learned that that's not any type of therapy I learned that I lack confidence, which I was like, I could have told you that. And then I didn't have to have an allergy attack from a horse. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what, Lori? I'm taking the side of your fucking therapist. How dare you? <laughs> you little bastard. <laughs> yeah. So she was, uh, she was anorexic, too, and she used to run like eight miles a day. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. this huh. is a problematic camp. You had every right to be a bitch. Those are redeeming qualities. <laughs> I mean, she was committed. Yeah. Just like her mom was committed to killing her father. Oh. We'll hear more about it next week. Yeah. Now I have to find that episode and talk about it. Yeah. So, yeah, it was pretty crazy. That is insane. I can't believe you just told us that after all the times that we've been mining for episodes. Yeah. I thought that I had told you guys that already. You told us the story about how you watched... The same DVD at Fat Camp or yeah. something? <laughs> I watched. The DVD took precedence. Oh, Fucking hell. God. What was that movie? Oh, God. I, now I forgot the movie. I used to know it, all the lines to the movie, too, which is frustrating. But it was uh, Underworld. I watched Underworld every <laughs> oh, night. We have talked movie. about this yes. extensively. Yes, extensively. <laughs> 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 okay, we're going to move on and get back to Troy. Good God, yes, we are. <laughs> uh, so one of Troy's friends contacted the police department during the investigation and tells them of what the police called a strange occurrence that happened four months earlier. Hmm. After they started getting into more arguments over the embezzlement scandal, there was a night when Terry called the police claiming that Troy had physically abused her. 
He hit me. Troy came home to find the police waiting for him and Terry bleeding. Terry said that Troy had pushed her down the stairs and she had sustained an injury to the head. So the police hauled Troy off to jail that night, but let him go the next day after Terry admitted she made up the charges and stabbed herself superficially in the head in oh. order to get the bleeding going. My God. Yes. In the head. Oh, I forgot about that. Yes, girl. Jeez. Okay. So now we're going to get to the part where I have a problem with snapped episodes. Because they kept playing this whole narrative for like half the episode where they were like, she was just a nice small town girl who didn't seem to be able to find love. She finally finds the man that she loves. <laughs> and, you know, she does everything she can to help him and she gets arrested and then he breaks up with her and blah, 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 and is dating a married woman. <clears throat> well, we find out that she's a psycho who every single time a guy has broken up with her, She's been violent towards, <clears throat> and she was violent towards Troy. And it's just like, okay, so she's not just a small town girl who can't five love, you know? Like, sorry, she's. The show is called Snapped. Yeah, I know, I know. But <laughs> what I'm saying is that they make it seem like these women are just like they make it seem like these women are prim and perfect. Yeah, and they snap, but they're not. They're these women who are. Who are psychos from the get-go. <laughs> and they're constantly doing psycho shit. And then they also kill... So and it leads up to killing somebody. I think that... Honestly, I I see what you're saying. But I think you're going to have to talk to Oxygen. About your problems with Snapped, the TV show. No, and the way that it frames you. its narrative. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, Maria, technically she's talking to Oxygen right now. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> My God. Yes. I am Thank on a tear. Eight-year-old Colin. I am on a tear, and I'm walking in the room, <laughs> making my way known. Hi, everybody. I'm eight. What's interesting, what's interesting about Terry, though, is that she does, like, as we'll see, have a history of violence, but she does always snap because it. she'll be just kind of put up with stuff or, like, you know, be fine with stuff, and then all of a sudden... Get it! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so the police bring Terry in. They question her, and she tells her story about seeing him that night and being dropped off around 1230. Uh, when they question her brother, he says that he came home from an 11 p.m. AA meeting that night and saw Terry, and they talked for a while, and then went to bed. All in all, Ken McLeod interviewed 40 witnesses, and everyone seemed to have a solid alibi. There wasn't much salvageable evidence burnt from the burned car in terms of physical evidence, so even though Terry was the prime suspect, investigators only had circumstantial evidence on her. So the case started to go cold. Months passed, and then years. And Troy's family, but Troy's family didn't give up hope. They set up a memorial fund for him at his high school and an annual golf tournament in his honor. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah, and nice. they would raise the money and uh, they, they were constantly offering a reward or a reward for any information about his, you know, about his death or who killed him. Of course, Troy's mom always pointed a finger at Terry. 
And she would call investigators with every little piece of information that she could find out from her small town. But still, nothing was enough for them to pursue a, ga- a case against Terry. Then, in 2003, cold case examiners took over the case. One of the detectives decided to, to map out the route that Terry said that her and Troy had taken that night. You know, when they went to the airport and then they went to the park at night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's super yeah. fun. That super night out in Paris. Yeah, it's super nice. <laughs> <laughs> Paris, Ohio. I bought a baguette. Uh, I mean a bag of bread. <laughs> <laughs> Look at all those lights of the airport. <laughs> Golly, it does suck though, because I imagine with the with <clears throat> if this was true, what what it would what it would have been was those awkward, long in the car conversations you have to have. Like, have you ever broken up with somebody in the car? God, yes. It is a, so awkward. You just you you have to drive around, but you don't want to like give them the, the idea. Troy's like, I don't want to give her the idea that we're like going to go on a date. Yeah, I guess I'll go to the airport, circle around there. You should you should, you should be like fucking. Hey, let's just circle the block a couple times. So I'm not too far from my house. That, even, even that, it's like, but then she's going to like want to come inside. Ah, she's going to say she has to use the bathroom. Ah, the floors are dirty. I once had to drive around with somebody crying. Like, bawling, uh, screaming, crying that I was breaking up with them. Dude, and I the, was not crying. <laughs> it was more of a sob. I was going to say, excuse me, I was very calm. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Lori was in the backseat. We were both like, which one? Which one? (laughs) It was also at the end of a work shift, too, so I really was eager to get home. Oh, man. (laughs) I was broken. I was broken up with an in a car, and um, I held it together for a solid 10 seconds. Um, that's good and then then i I was like okay i'm gonna drive you home and we pulled over to she like (laughs) lived on a side street and we pulled into this uh cul-de-sac that she lived that was like down the block from her yeah and she broke up with me and i was like okay i'm gonna get in the car and we're gonna drive home and i'm gonna drop you off and we're never gonna talk again and i just went why what did i do (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah it was really bad it's pretty bad it's brutal it's okay never again no <laughs> yeah thank god right? next time you break up with somebody it's going to be on a plane <laughs> <laughs> during takeoff i think honestly that's a great idea because i think you know my uh a friend of mine her husband sent her divorce papers while he was in another state. He had flown to uh, go to his mom's wedding. Mm. And while he was at his mom's wedding, he sent her divorce papers. And I thought, that's a real chicken shit thing to do. But now, I'm like, I might do that. I might yeah. fly. If I ever want to break up with somebody, I might just fly to another country and go, oh, we're gone. We're breaking up. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Postcard. <laughs> Glad you're not here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that to Star because I love her. But if God forbid anything happened to Star and I ended up dating somebody else that I don't like, then I would uh, definitely do that to them. So. Nice. We can't I wait. Feeling, we can't I, wait. I have a feeling that Star, Star would do like a drive-by, like a, it's not working out. Bye. Yeah, I feel. I feel like she would. 
she would mail you a typed letter. Yeah. Yes, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I do love picturing it. her doing a drive-by on your house. Yeah, which, you know, would be even more infuriating because she can never figure out how to get to the freeway. So then she'd call me and ask me to get, <laughs> get back to the freeway. <laughs> That's snapped. So the Texas figured out that there was no way that they could have done the route that she said they did in the allotted amount of time. They also talked to a park ranger who claims remembering that nobody was in the park that night. Now, this is in 2003. And the, uh, the murder happened in 1999. I don't know how this park ranger... I'm glad he did. I'm, uh, but I don't know how he remembers who was there on a night in July. Oh, which Four night was it? Ago. Which night? July. July 3rd. July 3rd. Oh, yeah. What year? 1989. 1999. Oh, I was here by myself. Uh, I think that I think that might be it. Like, it is the night before July 4th. Right? Oh, no. That's why. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. That's how the police let him. Spent a lot of time by myself. You guys want to hang out? <laughs> no, thank you, sir. Uh, we actually got a case we got to solve. Oh, that's a well, shame. I made some okay. sandwiches, you know? We could have some... Uh, well, thank oh, you, but okay. we're going to go solve this case. All right, I love you. Okay, bye. Oh, jeez, okay. <laughs> so then, detectives started looking further into Terry's past, which I don't know why the first detectives didn't. That seems, re- it seems like a huge oversight. It really does. Also, the timing thing doesn't seem like a fucking, it seems like they really glossed over it. Yeah. Yeah, they really glossed over it. Yeah. I don't know what was going on with Ken McLeod. Yeah, I was just going to say, fucking McLeod! (laughs) Get in here! That's that's another thing I'm going to call out Snapped for. And I'm not going to call out Snap, but I'm going to call out uh, (laughs) crime in general. Is that watching a lot of Snapped, you realize, like, woman of color arrested the day of the crime. White woman. We had to wait 12 years, but we got her. (laughs) Yeah, we had to wait for her to confess. That's actually something they say in this. They're like, we didn't have a confession. (laughs) So without a confession, we could do nothing. It's like, are you fucking... What? That's ridiculous. Yeah. What? They found out that in 1995, Terry, after her second husband... This isn't funny. I don't know why I'm laughing. After her second (laughs) husband told her that he was leaving her, she attacked him in his sleep, nearly slitting his throat. Sick move. Mm. She missed his artery, and he lived, Ooh. and I guess he fought her off. I don't know. She was then sent to a psychiatric hospital. But he simply left her and didn't file any charges. So I guess it flew under the radar. That is some ridiculous, I want to say pussy shit. <laughs> yeah. That's nonsense. No, does he pussy shit? A pussy is strong. Yeah, that's true. That's some testicle shit. Yeah. Uh, that that's false really stupid. Sense. Right. Okay. <laughs> My bad. I'm so sorry. It's years of reprogramming. That's idiotic. <laughs> it's just yeah. That's so stupid. Also, again, with snapped. Like they were in the beginning, they were like, "Oh yeah, she just was, you know, she was just such a lovable. Everybody loved her. <laughs> Nobody had a bad thing to say about her. 
You know, everybody, even the, even her boyfriends were friends afterwards. It's like, oh my God. Like, and then it's like, she tried to cut my throat. Like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yes. They did spin it. Shame on a TV show. I know, guys, come on. <laughs> I expect you guys to be like, you know, straight laced, just the facts, like Fox News. Yeah. Come on, Hollywood. There we go. So then in fall of that same year, she dated a guy named John Traub. He broke up with her, he says, and he thought that everything seemed fine. They broke up. She was fine. She went away. But a few days later, he was attacked at his home in the middle of the night. And while holding his hand up to defend himself, an assailant with a hatchet cut off John's ring and pinky finger. Oh, my God. Oh, yes. Like sliced straight through the palm, <gasps> the webbing of the fingers. That is the horror movie cut, dude. Yeah. No. But it looks from for his footage like they were able to reattach them because he still ha- he has all five fingers again. I'd That's like to go on record a, a gnarly and scar. say that is a fucking quality hatchet. <laughs> is that <It's> Coleman? A- <laughs> Very clean cut. Mm. <laughs> Just a slice. That's our new sponsor, guys, is Coleman Hatchet. <laughs> Gotta cut somebody up? Hey, man. Coleman. The guy, <laughs> the assailant, turned himself into the police two days later. And even though he told John and the police that Terry had been the one to convince him to attack John, nothing was done about Terry. That's it. He just, he told him, yeah, Terry made me do it or told me to do it. And I don't know if his, you know, he must have been mentally ill in a sense to, first of all, been convinced to do it, I think. Yeah. And then second of all, like, they maybe disregarded what he said about Terry. I don't know. I got a theory about this. Yeah. I think Terry's sleeping around with a bunch of the cops. Oh. I don't know. Yeah. There's no evidence I, that Terry sleeps around. Okay, that's Gabby. Let's not transfer from Gabby to Terry. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to tarnish Terry's, you know, fucking sparkling reputation. Okay, you know what? You can say whatever you want about Terry, but so far it seems like she is into monogamous relationships. Okay, when she wants, she has a man, she wants that man. <laughs> Yeah, she will fiercely, she will, she will keep that man or she will cook, slice that man up. Absolutely. Right. Nobody else can have him. That man. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just a working theory, guys. Look, I, I do think that there is something to say about a bunch of like sloven men and a pretty face. You know, it's like they're like, well, Terry couldn't hurt anybody. She's so pretty. <laughs> that, that kind of thing. Yeah. That's true. I mean, who knows? Who knows? She wouldn't hurt a goddamn fly. Yeah. With that with those sweet hands, I don't think she would slap anybody. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I guess the people of Deer Park agreed with you because Terry was still living in Deer Park. Ugh. And she had moved on. She had and now this is I think because it's hard to find her marriage records. Uh, but from what I can deduce of the information we do have, she had married a guy. With the last name Voss, which is why we now call her Terry Voss. Um, Terry, and so, and then the investigators brought her back in, the cold case investigators. They brought her back in for questioning, but she didn't budge from her original story. So, authorities then approached her brother, Eric. 
investigators had already talked to the AA organizers of the group Eric had claimed to belong to. And they had said that there was no 11 p.m. meeting on July 3rd, 1999. People in this town have great records. (laughs) Yeah. 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 They remember shit so well. I mean, legitimately, I was trapped in a fat camp for six weeks. And I couldn't remember the movie that I had to watch every night. I mean, I had, I, that's how little I remember. What was these people? No, I'm sorry. Keep going. I'm sorry. These people remember like, yeah, met, these people are like law and order, char- like side characters. <laughs> yeah. They're like bartenders. Yeah. You know? <laughs> they remember every face, yeah. every meeting, every party, everything. It's nuts. What, what's the name of the town again? Deer Park. Deer Park. In Deer Park, we are known for four things. The airport. Okay. Lincoln Airport. Yeah, airport. Yeah. A solid park system. Yes. Records and the best okay. goddamn bowling alley you've ever seen. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> I said it! <laughs> Let's dance! <laughs> this is Lampon, the town next door. We have the best bowling alley. <laughs> we have to say we are the town next door. Yeah. <laughs> That's part of our name. Lompoc, the town next door. Yeah, Lompoc <laughs> sucks. <laughs> so sometime after Troy's death, Eric had gotten in trouble with the law. And police took advantage of this and approached him while he visited his parole officer. Mm-hmm. In the parole office... Eric admitted to knowing what happened that night. Eric says that about a month before Troy died, he loaned Terry a 40 Glock gun. The type of gun that was used in Troy's murder. She had told him that she wanted to use it to, quote, scare somebody, unquote. Okay. <laughs> Sounds cool. good. Meanwhile, like I just wanted to like look at a Pokemon card my brother had one time and he was like, Never. I will never let you touch <laughs> even once. Never. <laughs> it's cause you would you would ruin it. You would bend it. You'd bend it like Yeah, you, you probably had hands full of catch. You don't know the muscle. value of things. It's a holographic card. I was just eating barbecue <laughs> sauce in my hand. <laughs> You know what this could use? Some ribs. Let me see that Pokemon card. <laughs> oh, man. You're ruining it. It's <laughs> just sauce. Yeah. I do it like piecemeal. I eat the sauce and then I eat the chicken. So, <laughs> so Eric says he was sitting at a Waffle House when his sister called him to come get her. Because she was in a fight with Troy. Fucking big ups to Waffle House. Yeah, man. That's there's never there's never a good time to leave a Waffle House, and this no. was the wrong time. <laughs> what did they call? Did she call him at the Waffle House? Like, did he have to like be like, "Hey, you got a phone call"? Like, but I mean, yeah, I imagine that's fucking dope if you could be that do that at the Waffle House. Maybe he was a regular at the Waffle House. Yeah, like, t- fucking Troy there? Yeah, he's there. Oh, fucking shit. <laughs> there was also pagers. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Oh, that's true. But he would still need a phone. So he at the Waffle hey, House. Phone? Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, fun. So he went and picked her up, and then Terry 
directed him to an abandoned house on Mason Morrow Melgrove Road. And when he got there, Terry had him put on gloves and slip on shoes. She then walked him over to a Mustang that was parked by the house, where Troy lay lifeless in the vehicle. Eric says that he felt for a pulse, but didn't feel one, and then tried to convince Terry that they needed to call the police. But she was too panicked. He says that he then made the decision to help her get away with the murder. They moved Eric's body to the trunk of the car, then drove away and tossed the gun and her purse in a trash bin at a car wash. Then they went home. Then, around four in the morning, they returned to the scene and set Troy's body and the car on fire. Eric was arrested with aggravated murder charges, but they negotiated his charges down in order to have him testify against his sister. Terry was then arrested on September 13, 2005, and also charged with one count of aggravated murder and a weapons charge. So Eric's new sentencing was, or Eric's new charges, since he cut a deal, were abuse of a corpse and tampering with evidence, which got him five years. And he was released in 2011. On, in October of 2006, Terry went to trial, and she pled not guilty. The prosecution theorized to the jury that Terry convinced Troy to meet her at the abandoned farmhouse, likely by saying that she was going to kill or hurt herself like she had with other people and with Troy before. And then an inevitable argument occurred, and she shot him while he sat in his car, ready to leave. What a nightmare. Yeah. What a lot of work, too. It's just like, just let him go. Jeez. And she does it every time, too. Yeah. And it's all, it's these guys that just like, I'm like, I don't know if I'd like, really, I don't know if I'd fight for them to stay. Like, I don't know if I'd fight (laughs) for them to leave. Like, I just. (laughs) I don't know what the, you know, the, the one guy that was like, uh, we were breaking up, and, uh, you know, we were like, it was pretty amicable, I thought. And uh, we were in the process of breaking up, and then she just went crazy. And it's just like, uh, God, that guy? Really? You fucked that guy? <laughs> that's nuts. I think it has something to do with their parents, because her, her and Eric's parents just kind of, first of all, you never see the mom. She's there, but you only get, like, in the episodes, you only see her dad. And her dad's always just like, yeah, I mean, I saw him down there, and then I went upstairs, and that was the end. It's like, you clearly knew more. And why are both your kids so okay with murder? Yeah, also, like, I for the whole episode, I was like, why aren't they showing Eric's face? And then they showed his face, and I go, oh, that's why, because he's a murder face. He has a murder face. He definitely did that. Like, he definitely killed that guy. (laughs) Do you think they like their kids? I don't think they like their kids. No. (laughs) I think they were like, why didn't their kids want to be actors and move to Los Angeles? They stayed here. (laughs) Yeah. They fucking still live here. She's 32. And he's, I think, like, a little younger than her mm-hmm. when they meet. So, like, by the time she goes to prison and stuff, she's 42. And you know she was fucking living with... She was either living at home or living with the next guy that she, like, was with. Right. Yeah. 
And also, she's she's also turning around two kids. Yeah. Yeah, which she, like, never talks about. What they never talk about. I also love how, like, when the father's like, I went downstairs and she was just painting her toes. (laughs) So angry. He was so angry. Did he really? (laughs) I didn't see the episode, but that sounds fucking priceless. He hates her. He does not like his daughter. Cannot stand her. He is just like, oh my God. Like, it was so funny. She's like, she's just painting her toes. Like, it was so funny the way he said that. I was like, oh, this family is a bunch of psychopaths. I don't care for my daughter. I gave it two years to try. It didn't work out. I despise her. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and they never, like, they never, you know, you have, you sometimes you'll have family members on there be like, I would never in a million years think that she would do this and even the husband that she was married to you could tell he didn't really believe it like she he was like i asked her about it and she said that her mother had an alibi for her and i said babe i believe that you in no way did this and it was just like so like <laughs> you don't have to pretend for us like we know that you're excited that she's in jail Love it. yeah which leads me to my next point. They also played recordings. The prosecution played recordings of phone conversations that she had with her current husband, Voss, while she was in jail Uh-oh. awaiting trial. She was quoted as telling him that, quote, the shooting occurred because of her mental illness and her, quote, over-exaggerated self-defense mechanism. You know, my over-exaggerated self-defense mechanism where I shoot people in the back? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like that's that's a little much, you know. You go to the doctors. Is she allergic to anything? No, but she does have an over-exaggerated self-defense mechanism. <laughs> so should I not stick her with the needle? I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. She's, she'll kill you. Yeah, she'll, she'll kill you. She'll fucking stab you. <laughs> but you know what? It's not as bad as horse therapy. So. <laughs> Give me a high five. At one point, she even admitted to her husband, I'm not innocent, on the phone call. The defense, her defense, tried to say Eric was clearly unhinged and an unreliable witness, and that it was more likely that he was the one that killed Troy in the first place. Nice Eve? No, the jury didn't buy it. (laughs) Yeah. Especially when it's like, you don't really hear from Eric you only like it's just like eric's sort of there and then it's like yeah but also she like st- she kept stabbing all her ex-boyfriends and husbands and yeah like, but also eric was crazy too it's like well, okay <laughs> she's still crazy like yeah. you know oh that's the defense that's the defense when there's like no defense it's like she was crazy but she wasn't the worst one so yeah. go easy on her yeah <laughs> so she was convicted and received life in prison with the possibility of parole in 30 years she's tried to appeal on a number of grounds including the phone recordings of her and her husband that were played while she was in custody when when yeah the court decided that they were denying the claim based on the grounds that prisoners simply don't have the same rights as others. And that there's a sign and a recording when you make a phone call in prison that says you are being monitored and recorded. 
There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that part reminds me so much of uh, the BTK killer when he asked the cop if if they could trace a floppy disk or a, a disk drive, and the cop was like, "No." And then he said them something, and they they were able to catch him because they found out that he was the deacon of the church, and he, you know, so they were able to catch him for that. And when they arrested him, he goes. You lied to me. (laughs) Stupid idiot. Just that like hubris of like, you know, you got to play by my rules. Yeah. I feel like Like, that. I feel like it happens in like a bunch of Law and Order episodes. Yes. You fucking lied to me. It's like, yeah, fucking. We're cops. Yeah, we're cops. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She is now in the Ohio Reformatory for Women, and her next parole board hearing will be in July of 2038. Ooh, God damn, that's a while. That is a while away. Hmm. That's it. May Troy Tamar rest in peace. Yes. Yes. Yeah, may he be boffing all the married angels in heaven. <laughs> boffing? Boffing, that's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's from like the 90s uh, that's, from the, that's from the fucking 50s is it? yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's also very New York Post Bafo. Okay. yeah <laughs> alright everybody thank you for listening uh, we will talk to you soon have a good night bye bye